everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, where myself and my co-host talk about games and movies we watched over the weekend. This week has plenty of news, and here to break it down is myself, Barry, and my co-host. Uh, that would be me, Craig, and uh, they always say the first 20 are the hardest, so we're in the clear. Yeah, after after the first 20, it's pretty much all smooth sailing from here. I've never heard actually that saying is that something people actually say or did you just make that up no i totally made it up but it's got to be true yeah it it sounded it sounded like something somebody would say so i just believed you there you got to get through the first 20 and then that shows your commitment to the podcast and then now we're good all right perfect uh now that we're through the first 20 then or now that we're at number 20 let's get into the news then which pretty much the main talking point of this news will be the xbox conference we didn't get to live stream it unfortunately i was at work Mm -hmm. And mine wasn't so, working, so yeah. I tried, but it, it was not cooperating. So we're just going to go ahead and put our reviews out on here on the podcast where it probably belongs. Yeah. So uh, the Xbox Gaming Conference. Do we save Halo Infinite for the end? Let the I listeners so. give the listener something to grasp onto at the end there? All right. <laughs> I think that's smart. Yep. All right. Fair enough. So I guess I'll go down next to my list and we'll take turns talking about games. Sure. Is The next one I had was the the Medium. Yes. Which I know you were more excited about than I am. Mm-hmm. So the medium, the big the big thing about this game is that the, with the new power of these systems, it's able to render two completely air apostrophes, different <laughs> worlds at the same time. So you're able to switch between these two worlds in real time. Yeah. Uh, without any problems so or not that with without any problems we'll see if there are problems but at the fact that like these worlds are both ready to go you can just switch it in between will which i guess we'll talk about a little bit with i feel like titanfall 2 did that a decent amount with like the time travel bracelet pack thing where mm-hmm. in certain sections you would switch between different times and you know you would it was usually used during like free jump sections or you could use it in combat but uh the game looks interesting i'm really not sure if it's horror or supposed to be horror action or suspense but this is going to demonstrate the power of the xbox series x yeah it kind of gives me an alan wake vibe a little bit of a resident evil vibe i guess this is like the only game though that definitely gives off the hey this is something next gen vibe for sure because if they pull it off, and that's a big if, if they can pull off the ability to have two completely separate looking worlds running at the same time, and if it's a fluid, you know, switch back and forth, it could be something very cool. Um, I'm excited for it as long as, the, you know, the story is, you know, engaging and it's fun to play. I think it looks cool. Yeah, it has to be. It, the story has to do something or else you're just switching between worlds without, I guess, much of a, much of a rhyme or reason. Yeah. So that one is a very, a, a little bit above cautiously optimistic for me. I hope it's good. All right. As long as it's not scorn, which they didn't show, <laughs> they we're <did>. good. <laughs> I think they gave up on scorn. <laughs> as they, as they should, but that's <laughs> not my, uh, that's not my thing to say. So, uh, what about the next game for you, Craig? Um, I'm trying to, I can get to go down my list here, but, uh, we could do fable. Um, that yeah, was, that was kind of a, no gameplay here, just a straight teaser trailer with a little fairy flying around, you know, that everybody knew immediately was from fable. And then it gets eaten by a frog. Uh, fables fun. So I know a lot of people are excited for another fable. 
it's just hard to go off of a you know 20 second teaser trailer here but i don't know that fable has been a console seller though but it's something interesting i'm, I'm down to try it for sure yeah, I feel like with all the murmurings of people wanting, you know, Xbox to finally use some of their, you know, exclusive tags, I guess Fable is probably one of the better ones. And people like that third and Fable played kind of like a Doom in a way, didn't it? I never played the Fable series, but um, uh, Fable was, I mean, it's third person. It's third yeah. person RPG. Um, I, second one, I remember the second one more than the third one, but it was heavy on you know, good and bad choices. So depending on what you did affected how people reacted to you in the towns, you could be either a, you know, a good King or bad. So it's definitely a weird game. It had a weird sense of humor to it. And I know a lot of people liked it. I don't think I ever beat any of them though. I think I kind of fell off them before I got the whole way through. So this one is, I mean, it looks, I, I'm assuming it'll look cool and it'll look nice, but I'm not like super, super excited for it. It's not. Yeah. It's definitely not the. I need to buy an Xbox game for me. Yeah, and for me, I like I said, I never played any of the Fable series, and I, I'd have to see gameplay. I really don't have much of an opinion just based on a trailer, right? So, I guess going on to something that's very similar to that would be Avowed, that mm-hmm. was showed off by Obsidian, and that was nothing more than a little gameplay trailer is what one no, just a trailer i don't think we saw really any gameplay other than like the last couple seconds of it right but it definitely gave me a lord of the rings feel to mm-hmm. it any any type of game and these are this is made it made by obsidian who also made the outer worlds and uh yeah outer worlds and fallout new vegas that's what it was mm-hmm. so these guys like know what they're doing when it comes to open world and i'm glad that it's going back to like a medieval times but anytime i see that kind of stuff it just looks like skyrim mm-hmm. so unless it's something really original and unique it's just going to be compared to skyrim which <laughs> you know either you have people who love skyrim and bought it on all like three four different platforms that came on or you don't like it and you know maybe this is the game for you but it, it yeah. I'm, I'm optimistic about this one. I Yeah, I, I definitely want to play it. I didn't really like Outer Worlds, and I'm not a huge Fallout New Vegas fan, but like Obsidian did make uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, which I really, really enjoyed, and they also made Alpha Protocol way back in the day, which I really, really liked. So anytime they come out with a game, I'm always excited to try it. So I will definitely check this one out. Yeah, if as long as it has like the magic and the sword play and everything like that is fun, then I don't see why this game doesn't do well. Yeah, agreed. Uh, let's see. Next one I got would be Hellblade Two. Yeah, I think they showed it a little bit. They they announced that it was being worked like it's still right. being worked on, of course. And it was set in Iceland. Yep. Um, I never got through the first one. I know it's not very long. But I didn't get through the whole way through it. I don't know something about it. I thought it was kind of monotonous. The first one, anyway, it was very basic combat. It's obviously more about the story anyway. Um, but again, I'll definitely try it out for sure. Yeah, I, I've been meaning to play the first one. I'm not sure if it's still available on Game Pass. But the the first one, the whole thing was about, you know, being crazy, mental, like, you know, mental illness. And I was listening to a podcast this week that said a lot of them uh you know sorry the the one gentleman said that he would have actually preferred you know hellblade to just be done at that one game 
mm-hmm. which I guess if you're trying to tell a story and it's supposed to be minimalistic and it's supposed to be, you know, impactful, then this is something that really you could only do one time. Yeah. Um, but maybe they have something up their sleeves with Ninja Theory and wanting them to to make another one of these games that are, you know, this is what Xbox lacks. They lack the single player you know, crazy in your face story that, you know, PlayStation seems to have a lot of. Yeah. And Xbox probably bought these probably bought Ninja Theory for the specific reason to make that type of game. So uh, I hope I hope to one day beat the original Hellblade before I play the second one. But uh, I'm optimistic about this game, too. It should be just fine. Yeah, I hope it's good. I hope they can take I don't know how much money they put into the first Hellblade. I feel like it was kind of made on a smaller budget um, because it kind of came out of nowhere. And, you know, like I said, a ton of people really, really liked it. I just thought it was extremely basic. Um, So maybe this is them getting more money behind it so they can put, you know, a bigger project in place here. So maybe bigger set pieces, um, improve the combat a little bit. And I, I will definitely play through the whole thing if it handles a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, then from my end, uh, they announced Horizon Motorsport, which is what they were working uh, is what they're next working on. Mm-hmm. And I like racing games, but I prefer the Horizon series. I like street racing more. Right. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just more fun fun for me. Uh, you know, they mentioned that this game is going to be running in 4K, 60 frames a second, which I'll get into that bit of things <laughs> toward after we look at all the games because I'm a little bit confused about the marketing right. of these new consoles. But uh, Forza Motorsport, it's a racing game. If Xbox has one thing, it's the racing games right now, unless Gran Turismo decides to do street racing instead, which they Mm -hmm. haven't done yet. And, you know, I know there are series like Dirt and other street racing games that, you know, probably want them to move aside for. But uh, Turn 10, they've got racing games down, and this game is going to look probably gosh darn gorgeous. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, when uh, the Xbox One came out, Forza was, you know, a big push. I remember them showing that everywhere uh, before the console came out. And it's a game that you always play when you get your new console and you're like, man, this looks really nice. And at least for me, after about a day or two, I'm like, all right, I think I'm done with this game. It just doesn't Mm -hmm. have the lasting appeal that a Horizon does. There's just not as much to do. I mean, you get your cars and, you know, you can pick your track, but it's not the same as going in horizon and just going out for a drive and like finding those houses or the garage finds of the old cars and stuff. That's where the, all the fun is for me. Um, you, I just don't personally get as much fun out of the more realistic style of racing, but again, it, it definitely looks good and that's what they're going for. Yeah. And there, and there's something fun about horizon too, where, you know, you can go in there and not ha- plan on doing anything, mm-hmm. just driving around. And then you end up, you know, with your fastest car on the straightaway highway that for uh, horizon has going over 200 miles an hour. <laughs> and that's, and like the adrenaline starts pumping cause you're trying to dodge cars. But yeah, I know they switch between the two and maybe they have, um, uh, Forza, uh, Forza, horizon game mm-hmm. that would come out later for the series x but forza motorsport should be should be fine should be fine and should show a decent amount of how good these next generation consoles can look yeah and it did look good and right and everything they said was in engine 
with that little teaser trailer they showed. I would say, honestly, though, you know, going off of a stream, which is probably 1080p and it wasn't 4K, it looks really nice, but I don't see a whole like I don't see a big jump between how the cars look in Horizon, Forza Horizon and how they look here. They look a tiny bit better, I think. I'm just not seeing that big jump. And maybe that's just where we're at with new consoles, where it's not a huge jump anymore. It's all about all the other stuff running, you know, like you said, you're going to get into later with the uh, frames per second. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe that's more where the power comes in handy here. But I'm always waiting. Every time a new console comes out, you're just waiting for those trailers that are like, there's that next generation graphics. And I just don't think we've seen it yet. Yeah. Uh, we could do State of Decay 3. That was a quick teaser. Um, no gameplay there, just a little movie. Uh, I played the first two. I just don't really stick with them very long. Again, it's another thing that I just kind of bounce off of. I don't... I see the appeal for other people who really, really get into these games, and you can tell it's made well. It's just not for me. So I don't... I, yeah, that's probably a pass for me. Yeah, it's what they let off for the show. So it they obviously have something behind it, and new people would be excited Yeah, for a State of Decay 3. I... I've never played any of the original State of Decay, but I know what the game is about. Um, you know, that that's the type of game where, you know, if you have friends and that kind of thing where you're all playing the game together, I can see where you can lose a lot of your time yeah. and have a lot of fun with it. But if you're alone and, and uh, you know, you're not really playing with anybody, then you're – it's a lot like GTA in a way where if you're in an online world and there are all these other people online – it's just as easy for somebody for somebody with this high level gear to just snipe you and you're dead. And eventually that gets boring because yeah. all you do is keep dying. Yeah. So I, you know, that that's one thing about those kind of games uh, where there is an online persistent world and other people are also playing it. But you know, there's a reason State of the Creed 3 was led with the show and it's because uh, led the show and it's because people would be excited for it. So I just hope that yep. uh, it meets people's expectations. Yeah, me too. I hope it you know, it does really well for them. I just know that I'll probably try it and probably bounce off it. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see here. So some of the other stuff, like these two that I'll mention, aren't like really that new. Mm -hmm. They announced that uh, Tetris Effect is going to be coming out for Xbox. That originally was only a PlayStation game. Yeah. That game got a lot of good reviews for like bringing back and bringing a new spin to Tetris. So uh, I know a lot of people are going to be excited for that. There is the upgraded Ori and the Will of the Wisps game that will run at 4K, 120 frames a second, uh, which we'll get to later. Mm -hmm. uh, but I guess the one that I'm most uh, I'm the most excited about was Everwild. I think that's what it was called. Yeah. Uh, that game's art style and we it looked like it was like a trailer, but it also could have been gameplay about how you're one of these people who are connected with nature and you can kind of connect with nature in a different way to understand, I guess, how animals feel, how you make them move. And I guess, you know, they were like swinging these smoke, uh, smoke lanterns around doing like dances and stuff. And uh, I guess that's the game I'm most interested in just because I really don't know what you're going to do or what the game is about. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's made by Rare, so it's definitely going to have a certain art style that you're, yeah. you know, Rare is known for. I don't, I just, I guess I'm a little confused as to what the actual game is. Mm -hmm. 
and until I know and see like actual gameplay of what you're doing, I'm interested. I'm just I need to know what it is. And they definitely don't really tell you. <laughs> so I will wait and see on that one. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We can go through and get rid of a couple of these real quick. You know, there was the Fantasy Star Online 2. I don't know if that's like a console exclusive or what they're doing is some sort of expansion. Um, I don't play Fantasy Star, so I have no idea what was going on in that trailer. Looked cool, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to play Fantasy Star, and I can't remember which one it was on the GameCube, um, which I thought was fun, and it was definitely a good co-op game that I played with my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, just even now, I try, like I tried that Fantasy Star game uh, that's on Xbox that's free to play, mm-hmm. and I, I guess the one thing that has me kind of off about it is the fact that like there's... There's so many menus, and the game looks like it should be running on PC, right? Uh, but it's just running on you know Xbox. But there are all these different menus you have to cycle through for armor and all these other different menus for your moves and weapon types and that kind of thing. And it's okay, but it's just a it's just a matter of that. I'm not a big fan of just like scrolling through menus and menus and menus. <laughs> yep. And, you know, every time you pick something up, it's another menu that you have to scroll, scroll through. So, uh, you know, I, I will probably give this game a shot just because it is Fantasy Star Online. And I'm looking for Fantasy Star to grab my attention the way the one on the GameCube did. It probably won't, but I'll still give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, I don't have really any attachment for it. So it kind of went over my head. Uh, there was the uh, Crossfire X campaign. Um, I've never played Crossfire X. I know the multiplayer is free to play. And I think it's big in China, I believe, is where it's really big. Never tried it. Um, and, you know, the campaign, when they first showed the trailer, I was like, all right, I mean, it doesn't look any different than like a Call of Duty campaign. I was a little interested when it said it was made by Remedy. Um, I love Remedy. I, I like all their games. And it definitely had that Remedy style of like a little bit of slow-mo, a lot of particle effects. Um, so I'd be interested to check that out, at least the single-player campaign. Um I, I always feel like I need to support Remedy because I don't feel like they get the recognition that they deserve for their games. So that one I was kind of excited about once I saw they were doing that. And then also, do you have any thoughts on the uh, Warhammer one? It kind of looked like Left for Dead to me. Warhammer 40,000. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And in a lot of ways it, it is. And I know that it's a very and I know it's a staple series that yeah. makes a lot of different games just based on that title alone. But with uh with both games you know warhammer i really i think it's gonna be cool uh i know i was reading a story today that says that it's being developed alongside warhammer vermite okay i don't know what that means to anybody in all honesty is it it different from vermintide because i played that i think so i think it's got something to do with vermintide (laughs) so many warhammer games (laughs) yeah which, you know, people have to be enjoying them if they keep making all these different spinoffs of Warhammer 40,000. So mm-hmm. uh, I guess, yay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love Left 4 Dead. Absolutely love 1 and 2. Played that all the time on 360 and also on the PC. Um, I love, love, love those games. So if it can do something like that, I will definitely play it. It just It's a matter of like with Warhammer games, the the player base has to be there. And if it doesn't yeah. stick, then this game's not going to do anything. Go ahead. What what other ones do you have? I know there's a couple more. Um. So Psychonauts 2, they yep. showed the gameplay for that in Double Fine, which 
I know Psychonauts, the first one, and I never played it, but it was a cult classic mm-hmm. amongst a lot of people. Um, the trailer was weird. <laughs> it was. It was, it was cool. trippy. I, yeah. I, it was it was trippy. I know Jack Black was singing it, and I I, I do like Jack Black. I think mm-hmm. he's a genuinely funny guy and a good singer. It's just that with with Psychonauts, I just have no idea what what this game's about. You know, because for the demo, we never saw anything having to do with instruments before this gameplay, and now it seems like the game is centered around getting these instruments and this. 70s vibe that it's going for (laughs) i think it might be just that particular level um that particular person's brain you're going into there i like the first psychonauts a lot and like when i saw jack black was in this one i was like all right i'm in because um i don't know if you ever played brutal legend but i love brutal legend yeah i love brutal legend yeah, yeah another jack black game and like i just enjoy jack black in general i think he's pretty funny and his music's cool so I'm excited for Psychonauts 2. It's definitely going to be a weird, trippy type game, but I think it'll be fun. It's just at its heart, it's a platformer, which I can I enjoy platformers. So I'm definitely in for that one. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the gunk? It gave me a that... uh, Slime Rancher type vibe. If you've yeah, ever played was... Slime Rancher. I did not, but I okay. was trying to think about what that game was called. The and gunk? I knew it was something <laughs> obvious, obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the gunk seems all right you know like it the gunk is going to feel like and i'm just trying to think of i'm trying to think of a way or of a comparison for it but it's one of those games where if it's satisfying to clean out this gunk and beat the boss and then there are these beautiful set pieces mm-hmm. that come from cleaning the gunk then i think this game will be fun and i think in a lot of ways it'll i like that type of game and i've you know, I guess I'm thinking like Splatoon in a way. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Or, um, or Super Mario Sunshine, where you're cleaning. You oh, know, don't this get, type don't of get my hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> where you're cleaning this type of thing, and then cleaning it, you know, allows the world to evolve. Yep. So if that's what it's trying to do, I think this game, I think this game sh- should be a lot of fun, and it definitely looks made for co-op. It looks like it's going to be a good co-op game. Yeah, when the trailer first started, I thought it was a Slime Rancher 2, almost. <laughs> and uh, Slime Rancher is something that my kid plays a lot of. She still does. So, like, I have a soft spot for Slime Rancher. I think it's fun. So, if it can hit that sort of itch for me, then I think I could get a lot of playtime out of this. But, it, I like, I don't really know what the gameplay is. I mean, they showed it, but it's just kind of confusing as to what it is you're actually doing. Um, so, that's another cautiously optimistic one. For me oh, let's see um what about uh, we had stalker 2 which was kind of came out of nowhere i think people have been waiting for that game for a while stalker 2 i'm trying yep. i'm trying to remember that it game was the one that looked like it kind of had um a little bit of a bioshock vibe it was like a chernobyl area type thing with like nuclear reactors and it's a first person shooter um I'm excited for that. I like the first Stalker on PC. That was a long time ago, though. I don't even remember when that came out because it's been so long. Um, but yeah, I had like a lot of underground labs, uh, nuclear reactor type deal. Um, anything that even remotely resembles some sort of Bioshock type style game, I'm going to be in for. Um, the only thing that I guess I'd be a little worried about with this game is if it goes the way of Metro where you know limited resources and that kind of stuff i don't really like that i didn't get in to metro because of that 
So as long as it doesn't go that way, which it, it might, um, I think I'll probably like it. Yeah, I just I don't know enough about like the stalker games just in general. Like right. if it and I'm have I'm really having a difficult time trying to remember all the trailers that were shown. <laughs> yeah. But if if it has a Bioshock feel to it, I did like the Bioshock games. Mm-hmm. And it was funny cuz you mentioned the trailer and I was thinking like it had that Chernobyl type uh thing to it Mm -hmm. and they showed the ferris wheel and i went wait is this something with modern warfare (laughs) like that's what i thought for a good couple seconds before uh before it made it clear it wasn't so Mm -hmm. uh yeah you know you know more about this game than i do so i i don't have much of an opinion on it yeah um what are the other there's is there any other bigger ones i know they showed some outer worlds dlc i guess um there was as dust falls which i think looks kind of cool that almost has a um telltale game type deal to it i guess it's a, they described it as like an interactive drama but i think what to me caught my attention a little bit more though was the art style on it it was very weird it was like a like a painted art style where like the characters don't actually move it's just like paintings of different scenes yeah i've, I've i'm okay with another telltale type game yeah, and yeah this one, I kind of like the time jump aspect of it to mm-hmm. where you're going to probably play as the the girl going through all of the all of whatever happens in this town. Right. And then it time jumps to her being more of a young adult slash teenager. I don't know what the age is, uh, but it, it as long as like there's some connection and the story's engaging, you know, I really like the Telltale games for what they were worth. And, you know, God, I wish they would make another Game of Thrones game. So at least I have some closure <laughs> for that. But uh, if that's uh, I, I'm ex- I'm excited for that game. I don't uh, I guess the only thing it'd be off putting is if this is a $60 game. I'm just right. it, it shouldn't be 60 bucks unless it's something crazy and something completely out of my mind that I don't expect. But right. I think if it's too- a launch title. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of I was going to save this until we got to the end, like talked about Halo and all that. But a lot of these games for me, um, I'm not even worried about the price because every single one of these games is going to be on Game Pass. Yeah, and that was something I was going to mention right. at the end. Of, right. At the end of year two. Yeah. But I guess I get kind of like when I look at it that way, you know, because I do have Game Pass. I'm like, you know, I'm going to try every single one of these games for sure, because why wouldn't you? Um so I guess my expectations for that game are going to be lower because I don't have to drop 40 or $60 on it. So um, if it was a $60 game, yeah, I probably wouldn't even play it. Um, I don't think that's a $60 type game. I think it's more of a 30 or 40, depending on how long it is, I guess. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. There is one other game that they mentioned, and I can't remember what it is or it was the one game where you're, I guess you're a young child who accidentally does something to their mother or their parents. And then the sister comes in and you guys like have these dramatic memories that oh, you guys yeah, share. Yeah. And like, uh, tell me why. Yeah. So yep. that game, it almost looks like another telltale one without like the, the comic book style or feel that as dusk falls right. um, had, but uh, that that game, I'm, I I have I'm gonna have to read the reviews first. If it has a good story, which is a lot of the games that really tend to stay with me for longer than multiplayer ones, I think I'll definitely try it. Yeah, 
And that when that trailer first started, I I don't think I'm alone here, but I thought it was a Life is Strange like sequel. That's what I thought too. Yeah. I thought it was something to do with <laughs> I'm Life like, is oh, this is another Life is Strange. And I was like, oh wait, it's it's not Life is Strange. Okay. Because it definitely looks like a Life is Strange game. And those are games that I've wanted to play through for the story, but I've started the first Life is Strange, like I don't even know how many times, and I just can't get into it. So that one I don't I wouldn't say I'm that excited for, but you know, uh, if the reviews are good, you know, I'll check it out. Do you want to get into the big one? Uh, yeah, I I guess there's no, I guess we've made you guys wait almost through half the podcast (laughs) to get to it, but Halo Infinite, which I'm not sure we have much to say that hasn't already been said because this is a lot of what people are talking about Mm -hmm. from the Xbox game show, but you know, the things we expected were more Halo. It looks like more Halo. Yep. I think the game looks good. I know there's a lot of controversy based on how good this game looks, but until it's on your 4K 60 frames a second TV yep. with optimal lighting and not through a stream, I really don't think we can judge a game based on how it looks because we're just streaming something through the internet. Yep. Agreed. And also we have to wait and see what the multiplayer looks like too, because that's another big component of it. I personally really enjoy the campaigns in Halo, but you know, that multiplayer is probably more important than the single player for most people. Yeah. And when, when it comes to the actual gameplay, as I said, it's more Halo. Everything Mm -hmm. looked very reminiscent to Halo. You know, it's Halo with a grappling gun now, right? My fear is that three, four, uh, three, four, three studios have played it so safe with this that I feel that they may end up like biting themselves in the butt when people go to say, you know, this game didn't change anything about the Halo, you know, uh, I guess formula. It just added on it and played on it, which. You know, I like I like the way the other Halo games played. I like the mission based content. Yeah. Um, and I think that adds as well to, you know, a lot of what made like story mode fun was all like the skulls you could collect and making the game harder and, you know, adding, you know, grunt birthday party, which is always a little fun time. I'm <laughs> yeah. really surprised they didn't show that. I think a lot of people would have went nuts yeah, if so. he had shot at the grunt and it would have done the birthday uh, birthday thing. <laughs> yeah but, i i think weren't they like advertising before we got to look at what the campaign looked like here were they not advertising it as like something completely new and different yeah they, yeah, they were saying that this halo was going to was going to change everything and really right. the, the the biggest thing about this halo is that it's it's open world mm-hmm. and so was the first I, one <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> I'm really interested to see how this open world aspect plays out. Yeah. Like I get from watching the trailer and then seeing the map, I get a lot of the same feel from, uh, from gears of war five, where you're in a certain section and it's free roam. But then when you get into certain areas, it takes you onto a story and a mission. Mm-hmm. So Agreed. If if you're if you're just on the same planet the entire time, I'm not sure if that really leaves much to wonder for Halo with with Halo and the mission based aspect. It was going to different planets and seeing the different venues and everything that, you know, that that game offered, which, you know, maybe it's just a gripe by me and maybe I'm being too critical on Halo, (laughs) you know, but 
it it has a lot to live up to because if if for if halo fails like let's say this halo is reviewed badly and people don't like the multiplayer or it's broken Mm -hmm. uh you know this that would be a huge blow because it seems in a lot of ways microsoft is counting on this game to succeed yeah and it's their console seller i would think so i i don't know i think i am kind of judging it a little harshly right now because i went into this you know whole thing being like all right let's see what they have because i'm waiting for that big halo trailer that's going to blow me away and be like all right this is this is it for them and it looked good it looks like it plays well it's everything you want from a halo game i think the grappling hook on his arm is cool gives me kind of a titanfall vibe the way he was kind of slingshotting around or an apex vibe um but i may be judging it too harshly because i was just expecting something completely different but at at the end of the day you know you want a halo game that's why you're playing these games so I think as long as it handles well, the story is engaging enough and you have a solid multiplayer, it's going to sell. It really is because there's a huge Halo fan base out there. Um, I just don't know if this what they showed is enough to convince somebody who was going to get a PlayStation to get an Xbox. I, I don't think so. Yeah, and like PlayStation, and even for them, they haven't really come out and said, you know, okay, these are the games available on launch day, because I really don't think you can compare, let's say, for example, Ratchet and Clank is the big launch game for PlayStation, Mm -hmm. and Halo is the big launch launch game for Xbox. I think unless you have a, you know, a big unless you're a big fan of ratchet and clank the casual gamer is gonna go and get an xbox and get halo first yeah yeah and they're putting you know microsoft is putting all their effort like right after this stream ended they immediately like i saw on like their facebook and their instagram and their twitter all the picture of all these games that they just announced and being like you can play all of these games um not all of the ones they showed but like it was what like eight or nine of them all these games you can play day one on your Xbox for free with Game Pass. And that's what they're going for. I think they're just kind of betting on the fact that like, hey, you know, you buy this and you don't have to worry about buying another, you know, $60 on one game. Just come over here and buy our console and then get Game Pass for $15 a month and you'll have nine games day one which may work for some people. I know I'm excited, but I'm already in the Microsoft ecosystem. So they already have me and I'm already going to buy this console. I just don't know if that's enough. And again, like you said, it depends on what Sony comes out with as their launch titles. I, you know, I would guess it's probably what Spider-Man and Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. Which, you know, those are the two story based games. And then I guess, PlayStation would just lean on Call of Duty to, mm-hmm. to put out the, the multiplayer type. But you bring up a point that I wanted to bring up in sure. this discussion anyway, and it's about Game Pass. It mm-hmm. feels as though almost Game Pass is the future for Xbox. Yep. And that Game Pass, you know, the, if Game Pass has to do well in order for Xbox to to succeed because in a lot of ways a lot of people are looking at xbox and if you have game pass ultimate which a lot of people end up do having mm-hmm. you're gonna play these games without paying extra money really in a way and i did do the math if it's about 15 dollars a month you're paying about 180 
about or you know two hundred dollars a year mm-hmm. and if all these games are worth 60 bucks yeah you're making your you are making your money up yeah. uh, as long as you just download and play a couple of these games right For, so it is a really good deal but then mm-hmm. the thing comes along with okay i'm downloading the games how many of these games can i even fit right. on my xbox right especially considering like if Halo Infinite is as big and grand as it is, you know, we're going to have file sizes of up to 100 gigs. Right. That um, that Call of Duty and even I know the Master Chief Collection, while that game does, I admit, you know, support and have a whole bunch of other Halos in it, yep. um, it's 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 old content uh, in a lot of ways. So it's it's just a matter of how many of these games can I fit? You know, mm-hmm. is it the right deal? And if these games are available on computer and you have a, and you have a Game Pass, then what? You don't need to buy an Xbox day one, right? Yeah, I I don't. I mean, again, obviously, everybody knows who listens that you know you're mainly the Sony guy and I'm mainly the Microsoft guy, and I will always swear up and down that Game Pass is like the best value in gaming today because I really think it is. The amount of games that I've tried and played based solely on the fact that i check game pass about every other day and just like oh that looks cool let me check that out like the value is insane and the fact that you add in you know game pass ultimate is 15 dollars a month if you add in the amount of games i download on my xbox the amount of games that i play on my pc because they're separate you know there's games that they only put on pc and there's games that they only put on xbox if you factor those in and then you also factor in this fall the ability if you have game pass ultimate to be able to play those games um, anywhere. So like, you know, kind of like what Switch did was like, hey, just pick up from your TV and go play wherever. Xbox is kind of trying to do the same thing where you could be playing Halo on my TV. And then if I'm going out of town, I can still play it on my phone or, you know, my laptop or my tablet and connect my controller and pick up right where I left off. That's all in that $15 a month. So I do think it's a really, really good deal. It just comes down to the fact, again, that they have to have games that people actually want to play. And if they don't have it, it doesn't mean anything. So Halo's cool, and these other games are cool. I just haven't seen... I haven't seen a game yet from Microsoft that matches an Uncharted or a Last of Us or um, you know, any of those first-party Sony games. I just haven't hit it yet. And hopefully it's coming, but it's not there yet. Yeah, and then with with like Game Pass, it kind of ties into some of the other arguments I wanted to make for for Xbox here. Mm-hmm. So I guess for me, you know, and you remember the original thing that they showed for the Xbox Series X? They were talking about, oh, we're seeing frames of 120 frames never before seen, mm-hmm. and I was excited for that because I have a TV that can do that. I have a right. TV that does the 4K 120 frames a second. But then to find out that a lot of these games are 4K 60 frames a second, where where was the divide here? Yep. Um, you know, they they our, talked our, about our Xboxes, Xbox One X's are doing that now, right? 4K at 60. I don't know if it's 60 or 30 because they're okay. making and that's what's making me doubt it, because if it was 60 frames a second, they wouldn't be making such a big deal Yeah. about, you know, these games are going to be running in you know, the, the 4k 60 frames a second, which I think for a lot of gamers, 
they want 120. So I'm, and if these things are running on today's latest, you know, type of GPUs and CPUs, then why can't these games do 120 frames a second? I guess is my, I guess is my, my problem because right. I, Sony has, Sony's only revealed that's that there's going to be a performance mode for Spider-Man Miles Morales at 4K 60 frames a second. But I didn't, I never saw in the PlayStation um, kind of reveal that, you know, people were talking about, oh, you know, we're seeing free. And I'm, I know I'm harping on the one time that they said, you know, we're seeing frames of 120 FPS never before seen, which has been on computer for a while. Right. And I know I'm harping on that sentence, but, you know, Ori in the Blind Forest, yeah, that, that makes sense. That game can be played in 4K and 120 frames a second, but why not? Um, Forza Motorsport, right? You know why can't that be? And that's even a game where you know racing games are supposed to show the craziness that these consoles can do and the realism and the textures that the that they can do. So why not, you know, be able to do 120 frames a second with fast moving cars going at 180 miles an hour? Yeah. So I'm. I guess I'm. And I guess this is more of a rant because I know I'm talking a lot, but. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm interested to see where games are at the beginning of the, this generation to where they're going to be at the end. Yeah. Is it something where developers learn how to take advantage of 120 frames a second? Because for for a lot of shoppers that are going into this holiday season for new consoles, they want 120 frames a second. They want to have you know, the TV that's going to be able to take advantage of these consoles for as long as they're around. So in a lot of ways, if if a lot of these games are going to be playing in 4K 60 frames a second, almost any 4K t- 4K TV can do that. Yeah. So it's uh, I, I I guess I'm just uh, I can't wait to see what's in the beginning, middle, and end of this console generation to see whether or not the push for frames per second becomes more apparent. Yeah, I hope it does. I think I think it will as we go on. I just think those first you know set of games that are coming out they're still trying to figure out the new console so maybe in a year or two just the 120 becomes the standard and i hope so um you would hope though that like a game like halo the first party like tentpole game would run at 120 i would hope so it better (laughs) it better be 4k 120 that's otherwise what's the point i'll just play it on my xbox one x because it'll probably look pretty much the same yep i absolutely agree with you (laughs) but that was all the games right yeah um okay. overall i think it was a better conference than what they showed with yeah. uh the f- with the first one and how it wasn't a lot of gameplay you know people wanted to see what the console would do and in mm-hmm. a lot of ways they gave it to them yeah so my only I th- complaint i know you were talking about the 120 was your complaint just mm-hmm. give us the price what are we doing yeah. how yeah. far how far away are we now a couple months no pre-orders no price what are we doing yeah, in a lot of ways, like we're we're probably about like, and I'm looking at the date. This is recorded on the 28th of July. Mm-hmm. We're probably either exactly four months out from these consoles, or even less. Yeah, um, this has always been a thing. Like E3 time is when you get that price, and we're past E3 time, right? That's usually early July. Yep, that's first <laughs> week of July, and we still don't have a price from either one or the ability to pre-order. And they have such a, you know, they're saying, I know Sony has said they're going to make more consoles now, 
but it's such an emphasis on, you know, there may be limited quantity. You'd think you'd want pre-orders out there so you can get an idea of how many people actually want to buy these. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not there. It's just crazy to me that we don't know anything about it. Yeah, and with a lot of retailers now going to be closing down for what seems like Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and we have COVID looming, looming over the horizon of the holiday season this year as well. Yep. You know, a lot of the a lot of the console, I guess, makers just probably have no idea what's happening or what's <laughs> going on. Right. Because as much as like I want the price, I want to be able to pre-order it. Like I I understand for a lot of people, why can't we do that yet? You know, right. it should. You know, you want to gauge how many people are interested in your console. Pre-orders do that, and showing the price will get you know all the forms buzzing and everybody talking. Right. It's. Of you know, Sony's already announced that they've like bumped up production, you know, millions of units for these PlayStation Fives, and I think what it comes down to is which I guess maker, whether it's Sony or Microsoft, is more ready uh, to have all of the consoles out. Because if we're Jesus, I can't believe it. We're at forty-five minutes and we're still talking about the <laughs> uh, the Xbox I conference. Figured. I kind of figured, yeah. <laughs> And I know it's the meat of what people want us to be talking about because right. there was so much revealed. I but, mean, we can, yeah. I can let everybody rest at ease to know that I didn't really watch any movies this week. So that section will be super short. And I haven't watched any movies either. <laughs> yep. So we're yep. both on the same boat there. <laughs> and in, in games wise, we're at the end of we're at the end of it. So there isn't mm-hmm. that many new games. And I know you have early impressions, but with mine, yep. but I I guess for the smaller things for news, and I'll go into that just mm-hmm. really quickly, is, and I I thought it was cool, but you can now build a PC in Minecraft and it can play Doom <laughs> 60, and it can play Doom, which I thought was really cool. That is cool. Um, you know, it's kind of like that meta where, you know, Minecraft is all about building your own world. Well, now you can build a PC and play Doom in it, which is pretty meta-like. Yeah, And then um, because Animal Crossing is such a popular game and you all love when I talk about it, um, <laughs> Animal Crossing Summer Update will be out July 30th and it adds fireworks and fireworks show, which I saw the trailer for it. It looked fun. It looked fine. And then it adds dreaming. Okay. Uh, so this new feature, uh, you go to sleep and there's a character named Luna, which if you watch the trailer... This character, Luna, while fits the Animal Crossing style of art, looks almost like a character straight out of Breath of the Wild. I don't... If... When you watch the trailer, Craig, and you'll let me know, and we'll get an answer on the podcast, Uh but that... I looked at that character, Luna, and I was like, oh, this looks very, like, Breath of the Wild character design style choice. Okay. And... What Dreaming does, it is allows you to visit islands. So Dream Islands is what they call them. So I guess instead of just visiting your friend's islands or using a ticket to go to some random island that has nothing to do with your friend's islands, you can use these Dream options to show off your island. They really didn't show if you could interact with them in a way, which I don't think you could. You probably can't um, because of the fear of kind of messing up somebody else's I island Mm -hmm. but that those are pretty much the two smaller stories that i had for i I only have one other one um and it's this is hot off the presses they just had a live stream but uh for the tony hawk remaster coming out in a month or two i think um we have 
the 18 songs from the original first two games are coming over, but they added 37 new songs, which is crazy. And like going through this list of uh, people that they're adding, it's pretty much who you'd expect from, you know, like the the punk side of things, pop punk, that kind of stuff. So I was actually pretty excited because you want those original songs that were in the first two. You know, if you're playing the remaster of the game, I want to hear those songs. But I appreciate that they took the time to go and get more songs to update it a little bit. So they literally just announced this, and I was pretty pumped about it. That's but, cool. Yeah. All right. So uh, now that you guys have sat through almost 50 <laughs> minutes worth of an Xbox conference, you yep. guys you guys might as well just not watch the Xbox conference <laughs> and just listen to our play-by-play. Yep, you don't need on it. this podcast. It'll save you about uh, 10 minutes, but we got it. <laughs> Uh, so game games this week um, for me, I I have a solid based opinion on Ghost Tsushima. I haven't finished it, okay. um, and I'll mention as to why like it's not finished. But I I feel like I can review this game, and then uh, and then what did what did you end up playing this week, Craig? Um, so I got more into Paper Mario, uh, and then also three new games. I played Carry On, Rocket Arena, and then Skater XL. A little bit. So if you want to do your ghost thing, we can do that because I stopped yeah. playing that game. <laughs> yeah. And I will mention, um, we, we should have an opinion on grounded by next week after seeing that game in the Xbox showcase. Yep. I'm actually kind of excited for it. It looks fun. Yeah. We can, so, well, I think that's co-op, right? Oh yeah. It's super yeah. co-op. All right. Sweet. So ghost of Shishima. Uh, so what I'm going to say is it's a buy just okay. straight out of the gate for me. This game is so much fun. And I can't tell you how much sauce this game has. <laughs> and I only started getting into it after this after this weekend where I really dug in and play some hours. Um, the reason I haven't finished it is with this game, I only feel like I can play it for two to three hours at a time. Mm-hmm. I can't sit down and like marathon it like I did The Last of Us, which I know is one of the gaming achievements of my life. <laughs> it but, is. <laughs> um, with, with Ghost of Tsushima, I just really love the way that Sucker Punch did Feudal Era Japan. I love the way they respected, you know, the teachings of samurai and Japanese mythology and how they handled that, which is like Japanese folklore. And they tell it by singing through stories and then you kind of pursue them and then you face these like mythical samurai people and they teach you and you get bows and you get a bunch of uh, techniques as well. It's just... I uh, during those two to three hours that I can play this game at a time, it's a lot of fun. Um, I love the standoff feature. I think it's I think it's and I can't express how much sauce this game has. When I'm riding up in my horse named Kage, which means okay. shadow, because yep. I'm dark as hell, um, <laughs> and I hop off in my wanderer's you know traveler's attire, and I stand them off, and then I kill all three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you swipe right on the te- uh, like touch area, he like will either clean his blade like with his clothes or like um, flick his wrist so the blood goes off of his sword and then he sheathes it back up. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how much sauce <laughs> I've created, and I know I keep expressing that this like sauce and how much ga- and how much sauce this game has, but. When you're really into being just this badass samurai that mows people down in a couple hits or can mow 10 people down without getting hit, there's nothing like 
wiping the blood off your blade, sheathing it back up, and then being like, "Yeah, I'm, I, I'm that, I'm that bad beat <laughs> that did that." Yeah. I, it's the one thing I will mention that I had a problem with the game is that one of the reasons I can't play two more than two or three hours of the game at a time is because it it really does start to get stale. And I can play it like consistently for two to three hours a day. But the moment I start getting into a fourth or fifth hour of the game is when it kind of just gets, I guess the, the sauce can only take me so far <laughs> in this game. And it makes, uh, and it starts to wear off to the point where I'm like, eh, okay, doing the same thing again. It doesn't feel as fresh as when I did it an hour ago. And there is a lot of traveling on your horse in this game. Like there are fast travel points that you can go to, but there are a lot of times where, yes, the world is beautiful and the, and the developers made the world this way. So you get lost in it and you're getting constantly sidetracked, whether it's doing a side mission or doing the main missions that it, with how much traveling you're doing, there's a lot of the times where I'm, I have to travel some, you know, one or two, 1.5 kilometers to the north and i just have my horse you know moving and then i'm looking at my phone at the same time yeah or something like that and then i have to press then i have to look up or swipe up on the uh on the gesture pad is what i'm going to call it touchpad i'm not sure why i'm calling it anything else <laughs> the gesture pad the gesture pad <laughs> and th- and i have to make sure that i'm still going the right way because if there's a mountain in my way then i got to make a detour yep. and then with that, I will admit the game is a little bit buggy sometimes. Um, there's been one or two times where Jin comes out from like a prone position and stands up and his arms are gone. <laughs> and at that point, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm SOL. It, it does take a couple second, uh, a okay. couple seconds to bring me, uh, to bring his arms back. But if I'm in combat, then I'm screwed. And then. <laughs> On top of that, too, and it was just it was this only happened twice, but in in areas where Jin can jump, it's hard to tell what he can jump over and not jump over. So sometimes I would jump, and I'd get stuck on a rock, and you know I'm trying to move my controller so that Jin gets out of the rock, and he eventually does. But I was in combat and I died after you know the the spear guy just hits me a couple times and I can't do anything because Jin's stuck on a rock and then also i've i've gotten stuck in walls before where i was in a fight and i got stuck in a wall and i'm like crap like i can't see anything i don't know if he can hit me or not so i just keep wiggling the stick and yes he eventually did pop out of the wall but it's uh, it's it's just some stuff that i usually don't see from triple a polished games yep. like you know what we get with uh, the last of us yeah i think for me, I have the same problem as you, but the amount of time I can play is a lot shorter because I feel like when I do, maybe I'll do like one mission or two missions and then I might hit like, oh, I'm going to go follow this fox real quick. I'm going to climb up and do this shrine real quick. And then I'm like, uh, I think I'm done. So for me, it's a lot harder to get past like an hour. And because of that, like I still haven't gotten to the point where I have any of the stances any of that stuff. And that's what I want. Like, that's when I know it'll be a lot cooler when I can have all these different moves rather than just slashing and blocking and parrying. But it's just so hard for me to get there because I just get bored so quickly. Um, I want to like the game a lot because the story is, is okay. It's interesting, but I just want to be a samurai and like 
for me, it's just not engaging enough for me to want to keep playing it. And I just want my stances because I feel like that'll help. But I just feel like I'm like stuck trying to get through this, I guess, intro, right? I think yeah. I'm a couple hours in, but it's just tough. Like that first hour was boring. My goodness. <laughs> I just couldn't. I was like, oh, man, this is this is just obnoxiously boring. But I'm going to keep trying because I want to at least get to the point where I have some stances and I can get some of that sauce and then maybe I'll be into it more. Did you get that sauce, man? Dude, once, <laughs> it took me it took me a couple hours to get to the point where I understood when to switch stances mm -hmm. and when to block and how to like bait people so you're not facing or taking three hits simultaneously. But the moment you learn that sauce, like you're just and you're cleaning out people and like four strikes with your standoff mode, mm -hmm. you're just like, yeah, sauce sauce it up <laughs> and then you know you whip out your flute and i'm just waiting for him to start playing through the fire and the flames on his flute that, yes that would just be funny to me it would be um, but yeah like ghost Tsushima is a buy for me and i also okay. just wanted to put this out there um we have a very dedicated listener base i know mm -hmm. who's listening to the podcast and i thank you guys so far for doing it craig and i have the idea of we both have very different opinions on this game. We do. And I am okay with making a YouTube video with both of our reviews, <laughs> making it in a way that might either be funny or very interesting. Cause I know not a lot of people, you know, a lot of reviewers put one person's perspective in a video for me, I'd be putting Craig and myself. Yep. So two very different to, opinions. Yes. In order <laughs> to force you guys to use the email we created, <laughs> Email us at highsensitivitypodcast at gmail.com and let me know if you want this to happen. Mm -hmm. It'll take some time, of course, but if you guys want this to happen, uh, we will make the YouTube channel. We will put that video up, and I, I want to I know that before I put all this time into this video um, with with video editing and cutting up the audio that uh, you guys would enjoy it, and it's something that you want to see. Yeah, so definitely send us those emails. Let us know. Because I think oh, it, would be, it would be fun. Yeah, I also need to figure out if the email works. And I don't know <laughs> that if nobody emails. So That's true. That's true. use the email so I can find <laughs> out if it works or not. Um, all right, so the games I've been playing this week, I'm going to get my anger out of the way first. That way I can yes. go into the other games and be more yes. calm. Because it'll, prob it'll probably be a little bit of a rant here. But I need to rant about Rocket Arena here. So I remember when this this got announced that EA's, you know, E3, I put that in air quotes, press conference here since we didn't have E3 and they didn't really show anything. But anyway, um, when they showed it, you know, I, I looked down, I was like, oh, that could be interesting. It's a very, you know, I think it's 4v4. It might be 3v3. I, I mean, I've played it and I don't remember. So that should tell you something. But very small, very small maps. Everybody's using rockets, but each character has its own type of rockets. Um, and it seemed, you know, that could be fun. And my problem, first of all, is you look at the trailer for this game before it comes out and you say that could be fun, but that's definitely a, a free to play game. And it wasn't. This is a, a $40 game that EA thinks people are going to pay $40 to play a game that is a free to play game because we all know it is. The second you get into it, you get bombarded with the uh, by the I don't even know what they call it, but the season pass so you can level up and get rewards like every other game does that's free to play 
but it's not. They still want you to pay $40 for this game. Um, the game itself is fine. Uh, every character, there's... Man, it's so hard for me to remember because I'm trying to block it out. I want to say there's either <laughs> six or eight characters. And, you know, each character, you have your normal shoot a rocket. You can rocket jump by shooting down in the ground to get up higher. Um, you can shoot off of walls if you're close to it to bounce off the wall. Um, but they have their normal shot. And then they have a two, I guess, kind of like one's like an alt. And then one is um, like a secondary fire. And that's fine enough. But there's literally nothing that stands out about this game at all. And I was so irritated by the fact that they had felt the, uh, you know, the need or the audacity to try and charge $40. And what cracks me up is the fact that you can go on Amazon right now and it's $9.99 because nobody's buying this game. Nobody like, I don't know <laughs> who, who looks at this game and says, yes, I'll pay $40 for it. And, Here's my biggest problem. You turn it on and you install it. And the first thing they do is they kind of run you through a tutorial. They show you this is how you rocket jump. This is how you bounce off walls. This is how you use your secondary and your alt. You're like, cool. After that, they're like, all right, you can either play normal or ranked. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let me jump into a ranked and see how it goes. It took me 10 minutes to find a match. And this is on release day. Yeah. Like th <laughs> this is the day it came out. And the fact that it's from a $40 game to a $10 game already should tell you something as well. I just can't believe that they sat in a board meeting and say, this is $40 that people will pay $40. People aren't going to pay $10 for this game. I guarantee it. It's going to be something that if it's going to work, they're going to have to just suck it up and make it free to play. And maybe they will, but man, it just, it got me so heated thinking that they thought that people would pay that for something like this game. It's there's nothing original about this game whatsoever. Nothing like the characters don't look good. Um, the stages are tiny. They don't look good. The gameplay is average. Um, it's competent, but it's average. It's just not a good game. So EA, get your trash out of here. I don't want it. <laughs> get it out. It's not good. Anyways, now I can go on to happier games. Um, Real quick, I am still playing Paper Mario, and it's still awesome, and I still recommend that everybody buy that game. I think you're having fun with it too, right, Barry? Yeah. Um, one of the things that Mega Ran mentioned on last podcast was that, you know, there is a lot of walking around in the game, mm -hmm. which I guess the further I'm getting into it, I'm sort of noticing the long periods of time where I'm just kind of walking towards something mm -hmm. uh, without very many boss battles, or so, well, not even boss battles, just battles in general, okay. which can get a little bit mundane but i am still having fun with the game yeah it's fun i it's enough to keep me interested as of right now and i want to finish it so hopefully i do but for me it's a buy unless something changes along the way when i get to the end um so carrion 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 i'm not sure how you're supposed to pronounce it that dropped on game pass this week as well and this game is really really cool so if you take a survival horror type game and then flip it so you're playing the monster. That's what you get in this game. Um, it's a 2D-ish, like slightly 3D, but it's 2D. I'm tr trying to think what to compare it to. It's, it's like a side-scroller, kind of like an Ori. Um, but okay. you, are, you are a monster that's like a blob with a bunch of tentacles. The more people you eat, the bigger you get. Um, you can grab people with your tentacles, bring them into you. You can open doors. Um, you get different abilities that you can use. And like the movement in it is really, really floaty. 
but it feels really, really good. You can just kind of like every room that you go into, there's ways that, you know, there's people you start with just like scientists and you can just eat them, but you go later on and then they have guns and they'll kill you pretty quick. But there's always ways you can figure out kind of like in a puzzle style to go through vents to kind of get around behind them or underneath them and pull them down. Um, there's a lot of like puzzle solving like that, or you'll get to areas where you need to flip switches and then go back kind of like a Metroidvania style game. Um, but I've been having a ton of fun with it. I think it's pretty cool. You don't usually get to play as the, you know, the monster in that type of game. So it's been fun just to terrorize people and just eat them up. Um, I've been having a ton of fun with that. So definitely check that one out. It's on game pass. So if you have that, you can just download it for free. And I think it takes about maybe four to six hours to beat. So you could okay. technically do it in a day or two. And then the last thing was Skater XL. And I do want to preface this by saying I literally just got it um, right before we started the podcast. So I don't even think I've played a half hour yet. I just installed it and was playing until we were ready to start recording. And so far, it's it's pretty good. Um, it's It's not as polished as like a skate or a skate three, but also this, this team that made this game is very, very small. So it's understandable to me. It's not anything game breaking. I haven't had any of that issues in the short time that I played it, um, but it's very smooth, which I appreciate. The thing that gets me, I didn't find it as hard to go from how you play in skate to how you play in this. It's similar enough. You know, each analog stick is a foot for you, which skate does that as well. But they're doing in this, it's a little bit differently where in skate, if you push down and go slightly off to the right, that's a kickflip. There's no predetermined um, down and to the right is a trick in Skater XL. So the board is completely physics based. So there okay. is no right or wrong way to do a kickflip or a, a shove it or a heel flip. It all depends on what you make your feet do. So if you want to do, say, a, you know, a kickflip, you're going to put your left analog stick, that's your back foot down, and you're going to flick it up. And that's your ollie, but your right analog stick, your foot, you're just going to flick to the right. And then that's going to give it that flip. Um, okay. so, so if you want to do like a 360 flip, which is a 360 kick flip, you're going to want to do down on the left analog stick, then do a circular motion. And then you're going to do a right motion on the right analog stick. So it took, you know, it took me maybe five or 10 minutes to wrap my head around a different style of doing it. But once I did it, it feels so much better. So I don't know if this is something that maybe skate for steals or if they just try to stick with what they know. Um, but it feels really good. Like it's almost, it reminds me of trying to learn tricks when I first started skateboarding. It's the same thing. Like, all right, well, I got to get my feet to do this and my other foot needs to do this. And it, it's like a one-to-one -one representation. So for me, I'm looking at it. It's like, I know how I need to do a kickflip in real life. Let's do the same thing on here. Yep. It works. So very, very cool. I, yeah, I appreciate what they've done. Um, and it just feels really, really good. The only downfall that I've seen so far is they kind of just drop you into this world. Um, and they're like, okay, cool, go skate. And there is like challenges, but it's not like there's, there's no story in this game at all. It's just straight. Here you go, go skate. Um, if you want to do some challenges here, all the over this bench or something like that, but there's really nothing there. And I don't know if that's something they plan on adding later or if they're just content to keep it as they have it. I'm content for now to kind of just skate around and, you know, do different things. And you can set up, you know, you can record. And a lot of people have been uploading videos to YouTube of them doing different tricks and stuff. So and the community on this is big about building 
new levels. So, you know, it's, it's really, really cool. I just don't know longevity wise, if it's going to stay. Um, yeah. and, and for me, it'll stay at least until Tony Hawk comes out. So that's more than enough for me. And this game, I think is only 40 bucks. So it's not a $60 game. Uh, but yeah, I, so far really early into it. It's really, really cool. So I would definitely recommend everybody check it out. But uh, I think that's all the games we have for this yep, week. Yep. I think we're right. Well, you're not going to get any movies or TV nope. shows because <laughs> we didn't watch any of that this week. Uh, we are, without all the summer blockbusters coming out, we and without Netflix releasing or Hulu doing anything, uh, yep. there's kind of a dry spell right now. Kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah. So if... If you want us to start reviewing older movies, like I know one of Craig and I's favorite movies of all time is The Patriot. <laughs> yep. We'll watch that and talk about it. We have no problem with that. We just don't think it's we it's not relevant. It's not recent. It's not what people want to be hearing about. But if if that's something you want, again, use the email um, at high sensitivity podcast at gmail.com. And also follow us on all of our other um platforms we're on twitch we're on twitter we're on facebook we're on instagram go ahead and give us a follow you know i've uh i i try to tweet occasionally i know i'm bad at it sometimes but i try not to tweet too much to where it's blowing up all your guys's feeds so uh you know i'm I'm doing it out of respect for you Uh, (laughs) let's put let's put it that way but uh, Is there anything else you wanted to talk about at all, Craig? No, I think we hit it all. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to the hardest episodes of High Sensitivity Podcast that we've been put out. Now that we're at 20, the rest is going to be easy. And hopefully it's an easy listen for you guys as well. Yeah. So we'll see you guys next time. See you later.